So we have been on a sermon series about five basic practical principles. We have learned that God is all. We have learned about being created in the image of God. And we have learned about our capacity and our ability to co-create our lives with God, or to co-create with God. This week, I wanted us to talk about the fourth principle, which is dealing with prayer. And I titled this sermon, Praying in the Positive. But first, I want us to think about what is indeed prayer? Prayer, in the way that most of us have been taught and raised in church, is in that Billy Grahamian sense, which is, it's a two-way phone call conversation between us and God. That when we want to talk to God, we were raised, son, you need to hit your knees and pray. Or, daughter, you need to go get in your prayer closet and pray. That they say, uh, when I was growing up in church, that Jesus is on the main line. Yeah. Call him up and tell him what you want. So we've been taught that that is that kind of exchange of communication between us and God. Now, I do believe that we do have to go to God in prayer in that particular way. But I want us to expand our thinking today and look at a different type of prayer that is consistent with the principles that we have been learning. If it is that God is all as we have said and that we are created in the image of God and we possess a divine spark of Christ within us and that we can co-create our existence, then we need a form of prayer that is consistent with those principles that we have so far learned. I would submit to you that prayer is just not about getting on the phone and calling up God when you need something, but that prayer is about bringing us into alignment with God. When we pray the way we have been taught to pray, it presupposes that God can do something for us that we cannot do for ourselves. We submit the prayer via email to the man on the cloud, and we wait for the man on the cloud to respond and to send something back. Now, indeed, God moves and works through prayer, but how about already asserting what is said in Matthew 6, 8? Your father, your mother, your God knows what you need before you even ask. If that is indeed the case, as Scripture has said, then we're probably spending a whole lot of time calling up Jesus on the main line, and Jesus is like, child, I already know this. You need to get yourself in alignment with what I have already done in the supernatural realm. You need to get yourself in alignment with what has already happened in the spirit realm. One of those ways that we do that is through something that a lot of you probably are like, oh, that's kind of hokey and it's kind of silly, and there are these people doing these affirmations, you know, I'm beautiful, I'm kind, I'm smart, I'm kind, I'm It works. 
That's all I can tell you, is that that works. I know there's been a mass commercialization of affirmations and positive prayer and the secret and the laws of attraction and all of these kinds of things. And as I said last week, affirmations and those kinds of positive assertions work. Think about it, as I said. What if we could stop begging God for things all the time and start affirming what God is already doing in our lives? Amen. If we truly believe that God has met our needs, what is wrong with saying that God is supplying all of my needs according to her riches in glory? Amen. And that's the prayer. Not God. Gimme, 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 gimme. Gotcha. But oh God, you are supplying all of my needs according to your riches and glory to bring us in alignment with truth. Heptia Hosbrock says positive prayer is the way to form a permanent attitude of mind that reflects the eternal benevolent activity of God so that we may truly express our nature as children of God, created in God's image to express God's likeness on earth. She has another quote that I love that says, thoughts held in mind produce after their kind. Thoughts held in your mind produce after its kind. Now, in Bible study, we all agreed this week that we get in our cars and we become absolutely nasty people when we get in the car. And one of the questions became is how do we create a different kind of reality for ourselves? Because I said in that moment, we should all realize that when we begin spewing all that stuff and using all that sign language that we use while we're driving, that what happens is we are creating something. And in reality, we're not creating anything for the person that cut us off or the person that's going 35 in the far right lane, which just burns me up. Yeah. By getting all twisted and wound up, we are actually creating something for ourselves. We are creating an atmosphere and a situation before we even get to the job. And so one person said, how do we uncondition ourselves from doing it? This is, this is a little, little tricky and a little sophisticated, and, and I, I try this as often as I can. I'm always good at it. But sometimes I just say things like you said in Bob's on Wednesday. God, I don't know what is going on with them, but I believe God's best and highest for me and for them. I don't know what's going on in that car, but I know what's going on in this car, and I'm creating love and gratitude and hopefulness and peace and joy and all of those other wonderful things that God has called me to create is what I'm creating in my car. Some of us have gotten so good at creating all of that anxiety in our car, we will be listening to, I am a friend of God. I am a future. I am a friend of God. God calls me 
and yet we still step outside of that for one quick moment to cuss that person out that's going by. What if we could actually create a different atmosphere? And the way to create that atmosphere is creating a prayer, a positive attitude. Thoughts held in mind produced after their kind. Have you ever noticed, similar to what I said last week, you can go from zero to 60 in being angry about something real fast. But it takes you longer to get happy about something. It's because your thought pattern, which is rooted in our caveman mentality, is fight or flight. And the response that we naturally have is that fear and anger and all of those things are built in and memorized because it protects us from a bull or a lion or a pirate that's chasing us on the African continent. But we don't live in that environment anymore. We live in an environment now where we have to rethink things and think about the existence that we are creating. The reason you can get mad so fast is because your mind is pre-programmed to create a thought of fear, and that fear automatically replicates really fast. That's what's going on in your head. See, today, talking about affirmative prayer is not talking about something that is so much spiritual as it is mental. How is God actually working and moving through you in your mind at every moment? Positive prayer becomes the thing that can undo the patterns of behavior and thinking that is probably creating situations in your life that are not desirable. You say to me, well, you know, pastor, <laughs> Jesus taught us how to pray in the Lord's prayer. And Jesus asked God for something. Jesus said, give me this day our daily bread. Prayer is written in the aorist tense in Greek, which may mean nothing to you until I say this. That means it can also be translated as, you are giving us this day our daily bread. You are forgiving us our debts as we are forgiving our debtors. That means we've been taught the prayer in the give me something God sends, but no one has ever taught us that Jesus is also affirming what God is already doing in the prayer. No one taught us about the Greek and the particular tense. The people when they wrote it had a motive to say, you have to go to God to get everything you need. They did not teach us that we can create our reality through a particular type of prayer. Jesus in the prayer, if we had translated it in the present affirmative tense is saying you are already doing a good thing in our life God thank you not give me but thank you for what is already being done even amen some of you don't know it is an affirmation it is a positive affirmation you know what amen means so be it it also means, so shall it be. It also means, certainly. It also means, truly. 
It also means this is true. You see, right there hidden beneath our nose in the scripture has already been positive forms of prayer that have been laid out there. I submit to you today, it might be worth us considering what kind of positive prayers can we create for our lives? What kind of positive affirmations can we create right now in our situations that can undo some of the negative thinking and the negative views that we have about life? What kind of affirmative prayers can get us out of the situations that we are in? When I say praying in the positive, I don't just mean praying in a positive way. I mean actually pray in the positive. Pray in the positive into your life. Bring in the positive into your life. You see, this is a little tricky for some people because we have grown addicted to our narratives of suffering and I'm less than, I'm not worthy than, I will never lose this way, I'll never get out of this poverty, I'll never get a better job. We have grown addicted to that. Oh, and we love it all so much. And we don't even know it. So say or asking God to give you something when that is your thought pattern is not going to change. There's kids in the sanctuary. It's not going to change anything. We may be wondering why God is not answering our prayer. Here's another thing about positive prayer, and I read this. It said, positive prayer may not work if there's a subconscious or unconscious condition in which you are not able to overcome. That doesn't mean positive prayer doesn't work. Let me tell you something on the flip side. The way we've been taught to pray doesn't work either if there's an unconscious condition that lies beneath the situation that you're going through. You can't pray for a better husband if your stuff is right. If you've been married nine times, there is some common denominator in all of You cannot affirm your way into a good marriage until you get your mind right. There is not enough prayer or mind conditioning that's going to work until you get your mind right. So even in positive prayer or the way we've been taught to pray, sometimes the condition that lies underneath has nothing to do with God but So don't walk out of here saying, Pastor was preaching that hooey gooey, all kind of old and firm stuff. That stuff doesn't work. Well, the other prayers you can pray don't work either. So what is wrong? <laughs> so before you walk out and just say, no, that's silly, I want you to consider, all of us to consider, including our prayer lives. And even in a traditional form that we pray in, are we getting the results that we if not, this may be another form of prayer that might help. And if this doesn't, then there are other options that we need to pursue. This is the way we condition and create the positive and the good in our lives. 
when we look to Jesus's example today in the Gospel of Luke we find Jesus opening the scroll and reading from the Gospel of Luke I believe when Jesus read from this gospel or I'm sorry reading from the book of Isaiah here in the Gospel of Luke. Did you all notice that, by the way? Jesus reading from the book of Isaiah means there's part of the Bible that existed before we have the book that we have, this blue book off. Um, that you I hope I didn't destroy anybody's faith. Anyway, now, <laughs> Jesus looks and reads from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah who, in that time, was going through all kinds of tragedy and tumult, seeking justice, seeking to rebuild their city, seeking to, to reestablish their kingdom and their hope and their joy. Jesus opens this scroll to the gospel to, to Isaiah, and Jesus reads it, and I don't believe Jesus was just saying, uh, let me read from the scroll. And in fact, the people present knew that Jesus wasn't just saying, let me read from the scroll. The way Jesus read from the scroll implied that Jesus was affirming that the Spirit of the Lord was indeed upon him. Jesus engaged in an affirmative prayer. Jesus praying in the positive, saying the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because God has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to let the oppressed go free. Jesus affirms this and everybody else in the temple gets their wigs all twisted up. And they get all upset because who is this person to affirm these particular types of things about himself? You wonder why I have us to say this during communion all the time. See, I've been gearing you up for the last two years to understand that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. That God has anointed you you to preach the good news to the poor. That God has anointed you to pray the lead to the captives and recover your sight to the blind. That has been our prayer and our affirmation. You wonder why we do it over and over and over and over again. Because we have got to see ourselves as worthy sons and daughters of God. Some of us have been beaten down and beaten into a pulp. We don't think we are worthy we don't think we are holy. We don't think we are sacrificed. We don't think we are called. We don't think we are gifted. We don't think we have strength. We don't think we have hope. And we wonder why nothing is changing and moving around. But I came by here and tell you, lift up your heads and proclaim something new. Affirm the positive. You spend a lot of time asking God to do something. I'm telling you, God is all. You are good. You can create your existence, and you can do it through the right time of prayer.
scripture all along. And sometimes we haven't paid it much attention. But the last time I checked Romans 12 and 2, it said, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Let me insert another word. This is the, the, the Romans according to Leslie version. Don't be conformed to the thinking patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you can figure out what God's will is and what is good and pleasing and true. What we have conditioned our minds to do through some other ways that only these positive affirmations can break up is we've conditioned ourselves to not see ourselves as worthy, to not see ourselves as holy, to not see ourselves as important. There's a difference between, and you mentioned this in Bible study too, between ego and egoism or egotism. Nobody wants to be around an egotistical person. But you had better have some kind of ego, or else folks will run all over you. You have got to have an ego and a healthy sense of self in order for self differentiate, or else you'll be caught up in a whole lot of stuff that we don't want to be caught up in. Be renewed, be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Just as Jesus looked into Isaiah and began to affirm and to proclaim something, if today you're like, Pastor, I don't know what affirmation I should say, I don't know what I should do, I don't know where I should turn, this will be an ongoing conversation. Because the other thing you've got to be careful about is affirming something that you may not be too sure about what you want, because we're already doing that as it is. But I would submit to you, one good way to begin to build your library of affirmations is just to turn to God's Word, to just open the Bible and look to scriptures such as Philippians 4, 19 through 20, where it says, and my God shall supply every need according to God's riches in glory. Or maybe turn to Psalm 23, which is also another affirmation that says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I like the CB version. I lack in nothing. God lets me rest in grassy meadows. He leads me to rest for waters. Or what about taking a scripture and turning around a different way? How about this one? I can see the kingdom of God because I am born again. That one's based on John 3. Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born again, it is not possible to see the kingdom of God. Or what about this one? Jesus shows himself to me because I love him. That one's based on John 14, 21. Whoever has my commandments and keep, keeps them loves me. Whoever loves me will be loved by my Father. But what about this one? Because Jesus died for my sins, I am no longer separated from God. I live in close union 
with God. That was based on Romans 5.10. If we are reconciled to God through death of, the, of his son while we are still enemies, now that we have been reconciled, how much more certain is it that we will be saved in this life? Or what about this one? The fruit I produce brings great joy to God, my Father who is in heaven. That one is based on John 15, 8. My Father is glorified when you produce much fruit in this way. You prove that you are my disciples. Or what about this one? God's power works best in my weakness. That one's based on 2 Corinthians 12 and 9 that said, he says, my grace is sufficient for you because my power is made perfect in your weakness. Or what about this one? I have been saved not by works, but grace so that I may do good works. That one comes out of Ephesians 2, 9 through 10. It's not something that you did that you can be proud of. Instead, we are God's accomplishment, created in Christ Jesus to do good things. God planned for these good things to be the way that we live our lives. Or what about this one? Because I place my hope in the Lord, my strength is renewed. Isaiah 41, 40, 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will fly up on wings like eagles. They will run and not be tired. They will walk and not be weary. There is no point in getting all intellectual and worried about what kind of positive affirmations and prayers you can create. If you don't know what to say, just open a good book. And if you have questions about what you flip to, I warning, stay away from the business. But if you have questions, <laughs> if you have questions, email me and we'll walk through it together. This morning, just a funny story before I I close here. You're probably like, oh, I thought you just closed. Uh, <laughs> this morning, uh, uh, we, were, we were getting ready. And Marcus has just been just nagging a lot this week. It's just been, it's been, it has been absolutely out of control. And, and we were getting ready, and he was just talking, and I was brushing my teeth, and he was standing on the side of the seat. He was like a little chihuahua guy. <laughs> and out loud I said to myself I said this is a beautiful thing God thank you for placing someone in my life who cares about my health thank you for placing someone in my life who cares about my thinking and cares about the church thank you for placing someone in my life who encourages me I release all thoughts of negative or oppressive things that make me feel as though I'm somehow inferior or incompetent in this moment. And I embrace all of the wonder and the beauty that comes in this particular marriage that is a gift from you, Lord. <laughs> and he said, oh, you get ready for your sermon, huh? Anyway. <laughs> But you know what worked? I was about to re I was about to engage. 
in the, you know. And I did that, I stopped. And I, I looked at it in a whole different way. Just as I said in my affirmation. This is some serious stuff. And at some point I'm going to have uh, Reverend Joshua preach about meditation. Because some of these things require us to pay attention to what we're thinking. And some of us are not present to our own thinking. We just show up and react. And he will do a much better job at articulating how meditation makes us more present and more clear. Because one of the things we won't be able to do is to create the right positive prayers until we know what thinking we need to undo. And that requires being able to observe yourself. I don't know if you're really you're able to do that, but to observe yourself and your thinking. And the only thing I know that fixes that and helps that is meditation and silence. I pray that you have received this word today. The last affirmation I'll leave you, and you can go and check it on, on uh, the podcast, because I know some of you aren't taking notes right now, but uh, this is uh, one um, that I've modified. Says, um, my mind is connected to God. I am good. With God-like thoughts, I think a God-like world into being. I send forth only thoughts of good, and good returns in overflowing measure. And good returns. In overflowing measure. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Tell me after about my hair, y'all. I'm gonna have to break this Amen corner up. That's what's going on. Fred. Let us pray and let us affirm God's very best in this moment. God is good, we are good, and we are grateful for the message that we have received in this place. We're grateful for this gathering and this opportunity to change our thinking, to change our thoughts, and to pray the positive into our lives. We see ourselves as good, we see ourselves as whole and complete, affirming that God shall supply all of our needs according to God's riches in glory. This is our prayer. We pray it in the name and nature of Christ, and so it is. Amen.